It's always honored at this nine o'clock mass to be joined by the RCIA candidates and their sponsors and teachers. And this morning, they're gonna hear about sacraments of baptism and confirmation led by someone here who is a true authority in that, Deacon Dan, who does many baptisms here. As part of that rite, though, at the beginning, the parents are asked kind of a ritualistic way, what do you desire for the church for your child? And they say baptism. And then they're asked, do you fully understand what you are undertaking in making this request? And the parents ritualistically respond, we do. And what the answer should be is, heck no. <laughs> As the rector of the seminary and the ordination mass, the bishop who's going to be ordaining the guys looks me in the eye at the start of the mass and says, have you found these men entirely worthy to be priests of Jesus Christ? And I say, on behalf of all those who have prepared them and the people of God, meaning the entire global church, I found them worthy. And my answer should be, I sure hope so. <laughs> One of the beauties of our faith and our rituals is that we are given language to use. We are given certain acts to perform. We see that week in and week out in the sacrament, the Eucharist, but all the sacraments. And the beauty of it is that it's not just mechanical or rote, certainly. Every time we bring something fresh and new, but nevertheless, there are certain elements that are the same, like the language we often use in response to some really, really profound questions. And I'm not knocking that or questioning it. I'm just saying that we need to recognize behind the ritualistic language, there's all kinds of messiness and complexity of humanity. And every now and then, it's good just to step back and with great intentionality, think about what's behind those words. Body of Christ, amen. Yes, I, in some way, to the best of my ability, want to embrace everything that this church community stands for, amen. My point is the following. If you want to be a good listener, you've got to be a good speaker first. And I'm saying this in the context, I, I don't want to forget it, the, the theme for this GROW series is say yes to God. And we all want to say yes to God, and we say yes to God in a formal, ritualistic kind of way, lots of times. Amen, when you receive the Eucharist. I do fully understand what I'm undertaking. I have found these men worthy. But if you really want to say yes and mean it, then there's this interesting give and take. Because before you can say yes with integrity, you've got to listen. And I'd like to suggest that before you can really listen, you've got to speak. And that might seem kind of paradoxical. If all you're doing is talking, you're not listening, right? Well, there's talking and there's talking. And so think about the readings for today and the beautiful psalm in particular. This incredible promise that God will hear what we ask for. God hears the cries of the poor. Reading from Sirach, God listens and will grant you what you need. And yet we know, we know at one level that it's not that direct. Facts are stubborn things. I've asked for plenty of things and it seemingly didn't happen. Jesus wasn't an idiot. The very same man who said, ask and you will receive, knock and it will be, door will be open to you, seek and you will find. 
He knew that plenty of people asked for things that they wanted and seemingly didn't get them. And over the years, I've heard all kinds of explanations for this. Well, you know, you're getting something that you just didn't know you really wanted. Or God gave you something and, and you just didn't fully appreciate it. And to be brutally honest, I've never found any of those things terribly satisfying. And yet we know, we know theologically that God is loving us unconditionally every second of our lives. So on the worst day of our life, we're getting as much offered to us as on the best day of our life. What changes is our ability to hear. What changes is our ability to listen. I'd like to suggest that what makes us better listeners is to first be more authentic speakers. The Lord hears what? He hears the cries of the poor. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. To look God in the eye and to say, Lord, this is where I'm at right now. Not just this is what I want or need, but this is why I want it or need it. This is the condition I'm in. This is how I find myself right now. My heart is breaking. My mind is confused. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. Whatever it might be. Anytime we're seeking something, that means there's something that we lack. And we have a feeling that goes with that. We're generally not too thrilled when we don't have what we lack or desire. We long for it. Maybe we're sad because we don't have it or we've lost it. And all that I'm saying is if we authentically ask, if we authentically give our cry to God from whatever the poverty is that we're speaking out of, what that does is it renders our hearts more receptive. Think about this in your human relationships. Think about someone you're incredibly close to. Maybe it's a spouse or a sibling, your best friend, parent. The two of you might be having a conversation, but if there's something in your heart that you haven't expressed fully, because you've censored yourself, you've felt too embarrassed to bring it up, you thought the other person wasn't ready to hear it. We do this stuff all the time, and it's part of our human condition. But if we can't bring it out and put it on the table, then we might have a nice conversation, but no matter what the other person is saying, we're always going to suffer a little bit in our receptivity. That unspoken thought or feeling or desire is going to be like a little filter on our hearts. And for lots of reasons, we practice the virtue of prudence, and we don't always put everything on the table in every conversation. I get that. But in prayer, we must do nothing less. That's what prayer is for. God has no baggage. We're not going to offend God. We don't need to be embarrassed in front of God. The cry of the poor that the psalmist is talking about means everything. Spill your guts. Bring it out. The beauty of the Psalms is they're not afraid to tell God, hey, God, why are you doing this? You dropped the ball. I expected more from you. They don't think that's unprayerful. They know that they're speaking out of their heart. And once they do it, then they can listen. Then they're just a little bit more open. We might not feel that way with other people because we're afraid we'll shut them down. But with God, you're never going to shut them down. And so just an invitation, a little spiritual exercise maybe, is don't feel like you have to simply go for the scripted answer. This is what prayer looks like. I give praise to God. I thank Him for all the blessings I've received. Yes, that's beautiful prayer. But if you don't start with putting out there what is actually on your heart, if you're not feeling thankful at all, then before you thank Him, 
for all the thanks that you're not feeling, first tell him what you are feeling. Tell him where you are. If you want to give praise and gratitude for all kinds of things, that's wonderful. But if that's not first what's in your heart, then start with what's in your heart. That's not selfish. That's not ignoring God. It's just saying with all honesty, here I am. We have in our church lots of scripted, beautiful, ritualistic language. And I'll be the first one to say I love it. But shame on us if we allow those ritualistic words to somehow speak for everything that we're thinking and feeling. The ritual isn't the place to put all that out there, but our prayer and our trusted conversations with people we love, that is the place and we should never let that go. We're baptized only once in our lives. Beautifully, we can fill out that simple yes for the rest of our lives and never stop praying that way.